If you're looking for an international school that provides quality American education at an affordable price for your child, well, Excel American Academy could be just what you're looking for. This school follows the American curriculum that's aligned with Aero guidelines and US Common Core standards. It also has a unique Pioneer Town program, an experiential learning program that gives students hands-on and real-world experience. Excel American Academy is not just for US citizens, it's for everyone. Visit xaa.edu.sg to find out more. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Growing Pains podcast brought to you by Honey Kids Asia. This podcast will delve into the deeper challenges of modern parenting and provide a safe space for parents to unravel and detangle the messy and sometimes scary world of modern parenting. My name is Ange. I'm an Aussie expat who has called Singapore home for the last nine years. I'm a mum of two boys, Xavier, who is 11, and Marcel, who is nine. In this episode of the Growing Pains podcast, we're talking to Francesca Tamizi, an influencer and mother of one. We want to learn how she raises her influencer baby, the highs, lows, and everything in between. Enjoy. Hello, Francesca. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. I think for our listeners, it would be great to start with learning a little about you. Uh, Well, right now I'm just a full-time mom and I have a three-year-old, soon to be four, named Eve. I haven't planned her birthday party. I'm slightly panicking about that. But yeah, so uh, you know me from TikTok. Uh, We do have a TikTok channel together and uh, we just have fun with it. So tell me a little more about baby Eve or toddler Evie now. Yeah, well, uh, she's very opinionated. We love it. A bit of a headache, but we love it. We're, yeah, so I guess she's known for being a very opinionated little kid. And tell me, why did you choose to feature Eve on your social media? And how did it all begin, I suppose? Oh, my husband and I call it our biggest gamble ever. I mean, initially, we did consider not having her on social media at all. That was our initial, I guess, our initial instinct. We have to make sure she's not on social media. But we just learned very quickly, it's it's not possible to keep your kids off the internet. There's cameras everywhere. Our relatives, as soon as they got pictures of her, they were just forwarding it to WhatsApp group with hundreds of people. So it's just, it's going to be really hard. Realistically, you can try all you want, but your child is going to be filmed without your consent at one point. For example, Reddit, where everyone loves bashing parenting bloggers and their their stance is always, no, you should never have your kids online. But when Halloween came, everybody started posting all these videos of kids from their doorbell cameras shaming. Most of them, some of them were cute, but a lot of them were shaming. And they were upvoted very highly. And that was just mind-blowing to me. So it's completely okay for you to shame a stranger's child on the internet without their faces blurred out. But it's not okay for parents to post their children in a positive light. It's a bit mind-blowing for me. So we just thought all right, there's just, your kids are definitely going to be filmed without your consent at least one point in their lives. I want her to have a stage where at least she can say her side of the story. Mm-hmm. And we also realize, I think social media is just going to be a bigger part of your life in the future. It's already happening now. Some people may hate it when I say it, but LinkedIn is social media. Twitter is social media. 
if you want to do anything, if you want to reach a certain degree of success in life, and I don't just mean financial success, it can be reaching a certain rank while gaming, it can be in art, in painting, in dancing, whatever it is, it's good to have some media training. You you need some kind of media training because whether you want it or not, you will get bashed online. As soon as you have a certain degree of success, you will get bashed online. So it's good for you to have a voice at least where you can defend yourself. I do think that now everybody's going to have social media. And I think this may be controversial, but I do think that responsible parenting is teaching your kids how to socialize online because I think a lot of the problems that people think are problems about people being online, I think they're just a result of people not being socialized Mm -hmm. as children to be online. For example, everybody has the desire to be popular. Everyone has the desire to be loved. And unfortunately for a lot of children going to the social media for the first time, they discovered that the easiest way to be popular is by doing mean or dangerous pranks or by showing some skin. And I don't want my child's first foray into social media to be, hey, I'm going to do something really crazy that can harm me long term just to be popular. I want her to be to know since she's young, she can be known for her personality, which is why for her social media, I emphasize on her personality. We don't do dance videos. I just want her to know that you can be known for your personality, not for how you look, not for being mean to other people. So I think that's just important to train your kids from young. And I also need her to know social media is not reality. Don't compare yourself because you're only seeing little snippets of the best time. In- it's the highlights. Yeah, it's the highlights. I mean, I try my best to show like the ugly in parenting. Not too much because again, some some of the ugly, I don't want to film her when she's crying and miserable. But you know, I do show some of the ugly parts where you know, she can throw an irrational tantrum. Um, I, I try to show that part too. But again, a lot of the times they don't make it, not because I want to show a perfect life, but just because at that time I'm busy comforting my child. I can't be there with a camera like, hey, look at my child. She's misbehaving right now. So yeah. Did you expect this to blow up when you started featuring Evie on your TikTok? Not for TikTok. For Instagram, I know there will be a degree of popularity because I already had quite a following. I was known for my makeup. So I knew she would have a certain degree of popularity. But TikTok, honestly, I did not take TikTok seriously at first. I was using it just to, I was using it as an editing tool because, you know, they had the sound sync so you can edit makeup videos really quickly. So I was just using it for video editing. I will delete the videos after I'm done and post it on Instagram. But the first time I posted was just because there was a video that was really, really cute and I wanted to post it. That was the first time I posted her. And yeah, somehow she became a bit more popular than I thought she would be. Recently, parents, mothers especially, have been facing backlash for heavily featuring their children on their social media platforms. What are your thoughts on this? I'm actually really glad you pointed out mothers because I will get a lot of parenting accounts pushed into my feed. And I see a lot of fathers who are also featuring their kids and they don't get the same amount of hate. In fact, all the comments are very positive. There was even one video which made me really uncomfortable where I I think the girl said, you know, this teenager, I think she said 
something pretty stupid. And she was very embarrassed about it. And she kept telling her dad, like, dad, stop. Don't post it. Don't post this. You better stop filming. You better not post this. And he posted it immediately. And all the comments were so positive going like, yeah, it's the dad's job to embarrass your kids. And I'm just thinking, can you imagine if a mother did that? Oh, my goodness. She would be on the news and bashed for being a terrible mother, shaming her kid for attention. There were lots of comments. I was so morbidly curious. I scrolled all through the hundreds of comments and not a single one said, hey, shouldn't you take the sound? She clearly did not want you filming her. So there is a double standard, in my opinion, and you don't get the same when it comes to mothers and sons, too, by the way. Like, I I find that boys aren't as bashed, I guess. Only little girls and mothers are bashed. And it's almost as if you want to say, okay, girls just should not exist on the internet, period. Which, again, my view is that socializing on the internet will be a more and more integral part of our society. Yeah, in the 18th century, people were panicking, saying kids are reading too much. It's going to lead to moral degradation because that was when the printing press came. So there were serious moral panics about children reading too much. So I really think it's going to be just another moral panic. Kids, eventually, you're going to socialize online. Even an office messenger, that's part of socializing online. So if you're keeping girls off the internet, they're going to be at a disadvantage in the future when it comes to work, life, socializing, everything. So I think it's not fair that only mothers and daughters tend to be targeted. I mean, I think the reality is that we've, as parents, just have to accept that social media is a big part of their lives. And it just comes with being able to provide them with the tools to be able to navigate that and successfully navigate yeah. the issues that are going to crop up. Mm-hmm. I mean, for you, how have you, in terms of the you know, negative comments or maybe unsavory comments that you yourself have received on, on social media, how do you deal with this? And then how are you planning to kind of talk to Eve about this as she gets older? Because obviously at the moment she's a little bit young, so she's not as aware of, of the fact that there may be criticism online. Well, I come from a traditional Chinese family. I mean, nothing anybody can say online is worse than anything my parents have said to me. (laughs) So honestly, like, I think people online are quite mild compared to my parents. Um, I think negativity is going to be all around. I am very fortunate because, again, I, I definitely skew my audience. I appeal, my videos appeal more to a female audience. And when you have a female audience, my goodness, the comments are so sweet and so positive. So I very rarely get negative comments. It's only on the videos where there are more men watching. That's what usually when there's more negative comments. But my, my videos tend to appeal to a female audience. So they're very, very nice. Uh, but I think the reality is you're, you're just going to get negative comments all the time. And I want her to be sensitive to words, but not personally sensitive to words in a way where she has to know how her words can be potentially hurt somebody's feelings in various different countries. Because I grew up as a third culture kid, I grew up in several different countries. So I know that something that may not be offensive in one culture is very offensive in another culture. So I want her to be aware of that so she doesn't accidentally offend anyone. But at the same time, to always give someone the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're just culturally insensitive and not outrightly mean. As Eve gets older, and perhaps one day she says, I don't want videos of me 
on my mom. I'd like you to take down yeah. the videos. What would you do? She's free to do it. Yeah, yeah. Even now, actually, she's she's becoming quite an Instagram mom, I will say. Like, you know, the stereotypical Instagram mom, because I personally like to just film as I go. Everything's very candid. Uh, that's why I like TikTok, because you can have these candid moments. The camera's shaky. It's not fully... Uh, in focus, I can just do my thing and just hold my camera without really thinking about it. That's what I like about TikTok. But I found out Eve, I don't know where she gets it from, but she really likes directing everything. She's like... She has a vision. Yeah. I was just like, where are you getting this from? You know, she's hugging my husband while uh, while sitting on his shoulders. And it was really cute. So I just filmed it. And she's like, no, 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 video again. Like, I, I, like, I just filmed for a few seconds and I put my phone down. And she's like, no, 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 video again. I'm like, okay. She's like, mommy, hold my hand. I'm like, okay. Put your hand on daddy's shoulder. Okay, hold my hand. Right here. Over here. Okay. Family walking video. <laughs> I'm like... Wow. Career and direction coming her way. (laughs) You're really directing this video. Um, So she already has very strong opinions on what she'll go up, but I have to put my foot down sometimes because, for example, she tried a nasal rinse for the first time, and of course, it gave her a huge scare. She was crying, snot flying everywhere, and she was really petrified. Of course, I had to calm her down. And after she's calm, she went, I want you to send it to Charlie and Henry. And I was like, no, we're not sending it to your friends. I mean, that's quite a gross video. We're not sending it to your friends. And she's like, then put it on TikTok. I'm like, no, I have to put my foot down. I don't want a video of you like crying with snot running down your nose. You will regret it when you're a teenager. I promise you, you will definitely regret it. Yeah. I mean, we talked earlier about how other people can take videos of us and we're not sure what the public are doing, right? If we're at a public pool or we're places like that. Have you had situations where Eve's been filmed without your permission and how do you deal with this? I mean, I'm sure it happened more than once because every class you take, there'll be filming, there'll be parents filming. So I'm pretty sure she's in the background of a lot of videos. That's definitely going to happen. People outrightly filming her without my consent, I don't think I've run into that, that I know of. But there was one incident where someone was just live streaming and he was live streaming a busker, but we were there. And, you know, the person messaged me very, it was very friendly. He was he was telling me, he's like, oh, I saw you during that, uh, you know, while I was watching that busker. And immediately, I already knew. I'm like, that was when, again, Eve being a three-year-old was misbehaving. And that can definitely be misconstrued online. So the first thing I did was ask him, I was like, oh, can you send me the video? And I posted that video myself because that way I can tell my side of the story where I'm like, just letting you know, Eve does misbehave in public sometimes. This is how we handle it. It was her just telling me to go away while she keeps trying to inch towards the road. So, I mean, I have to tell my side of the story. She's not a perfect kid. She's going to throw tantrums in public. Every child is, right? Yeah. Yeah, No child's perfect. You're listening to the Honey Kids Podcast, Growing Pains. I'm your host, Ange Neo. One of the main purposes of education is to equip our children for the future. And this is something that Excel World Academy strongly believes in. This IB school has everything your child needs to succeed, from a world-class curriculum, highly experienced teachers, to a future-oriented approach to education. All these, coupled with a diverse and tight-knit school community, equips your child with the skills and exposure essential for the jobs of tomorrow. So check out Excel World Academy, the school of the future, at xwa.edu.sg today. 
in one of your TikTok videos, you declared yourself an overly attached parent. Could you tell us more about this? Oh, I think everybody knows TikTok is you be you're prone to hyperbole in TikTok. I think everybody understands. I made a series of videos about things that will send Singaporeans or Americans into a coma, but I don't really expect to send anyone in a coma. At least, like, please don't hel- hold me medically liable for anything. I, I, I really hope I'm covered legally. <laughs> But I think in general, we do try to encourage her to be independent. I often get bashed a bit more about the amount of independence we give her. Mm. I think usually by Americans who's like, who who are going, you're, she's going to get kidnapped. And I always answer, well, she's in Singapore. Kids are too expensive. Nobody's going to kidnap a child. It's like punishment here. And how about your kind of past experiences? Do you think they've shaped the parent you are today? And For sure. I, I think, I mean, I, I definitely don't want to parent how my parents parents. So, and I'm always watching out. Am I turning into my mom? That's something I really worry about. Mm-hmm. I think I was not happy growing up. So I think I'm always, ever since I was a child, I already decided this is what I'm not going to do when I'm a parent. So honestly, that's just how I parent what I promised myself as a child that I will never do. And I just parent that way. And then how would you describe your parenting style? I really don't know because I know I'm a bit too strict for the gentle parents. At the same time, for the traditional parents, I'm way too liberal. So, But then what would you do that you would consider strict? Uh, for example, I think... I'm Indonesian, and we care a lot about tones. Indonesian is a very contextual language. The same word can be extremely offensive or harmless, depending on the tone. And I think there's a huge emphasis on politeness. So I'm very big on tone. I really put my foot down. She cannot speak rudely to people. Well, you know, for some people, they're like, oh, don't teach your kid to be a people pleaser. Like, But I think for me, tones are very important. I also, for example, when it comes to play dates, I know some some of the gentle parents I've met really believe that you shouldn't force your kid to share, which can lead to a lot of conflicts. But the way I handle it is, okay, whatever you don't want to share, put it in my room before the play date. Everything outside has to be shared. No backseas. So... I have rules like that, which I think horrifies some of the gentle parents. I do make her apologize, which for some gentle parents, you're not supposed to do. But I know she's not sorry. I know it doesn't work. But I'm making her apologize for the other child because the other child needs to know that that kind of behavior is not acceptable. Sure, as an adult, I can understand when, okay, she's a kid. She can't control herself. If I don't force her to apologize to me... It's just me. I can handle myself. But when another child is involved, I'm not going to do that. It's just another child doesn't understand that. I mean, we want children to be self-aware and understand that when they inflict something that doesn't make the other person feel good, you want to be able to maybe apologize or maybe just find a way to take accountability. Exactly. Yeah. In in any way that a three-year-old can. Let's switch gears chat about something a little kind of less heavy. Eve is such a confident little person. She's gregarious. She's so cute. Her hair when she was a little baby is just like unreal and super active, right? And she's quite unlike all the other kind of toddlers her age. She seems to be really self-aware. And has she always been like this? Uh, I'm not so sure because um, I think also Well, I'm a big believer in nurture over nature because especially if we hang out with expat parents, you'll definitely see how important 
nurture is over nature. You see former angelic babies become horrible toddlers, and then they go back home for two months with strict grandparents, and suddenly they go back again being angels. So I know that part of her nature, she has always been a very headstrong child. I discovered it pretty quickly at four and a half months when we had our first fight, I guess. Um, I went for dinner without her no longer in two and a half hours. It's no longer than two and a half hours. But when I came back, she refused to look at me and she was very calm about it. She just refused to look at me. And the worst part was she was still breastfed. She had, so she had to ask me for milk. And she asked for milk. She already knew how to signal for milk without crying. And by then she calmly asked for milk. And I thought, okay, we're friends now. And as soon as she's done, she unlatched and went back to ignoring me. I've never felt so used in my life. I, like, She's headstrong personality-wise, but I know she's always been pretty social. And I think it's also because I had a terrible confinement nanny and I just wanted to get away from her all the time. So since she's two weeks old, I took her out all the time. And I mean, when you're a new mom, you're slightly going crazy because you're sleep deprived and you're lonely. So I'll just talk to strangers. I think she just got used to talking to strangers and being in a lot of very different social situations early on. So I think that helped her be a bit more social, I guess. We also talked earlier on about how mums and daughters are judged to a higher standard or perhaps receiving more negative comments when they're posting on TikTok and things. And then it also lends itself to thinking about stereotypes and there's conventionally ideas about what little boys are like and what little girls are like and what is expected. And of course, you know, me being a feminist and a mother of two boys, I very much want to break all those stereotypes for for my children and for myself. Are there any stereotypes that you really want to break for E? I think I want to break all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, mean, if you think about it, I can see why, like, a lot of teenage girls go through that not-like-other-girls phase because all the the stereotypes of women are—all the stereotypes are really negative. So I can see why, like, as a teenager, once you're aware of that, you want to just say, I'm not—like, I'm not like other girls because all the stereotypes are really negative. So for sure, I do want her to break every single one of them. It is getting tougher and tougher because you see people telling her, oh, stop shouting, you're a girl. You need to be quiet, you're a girl. Um, Of course, negative comments about her looks always come through my family members, and I don't want her to define herself by her looks. So yeah, we are... Working really hard, one of the things I'm doing is just taking the bite out of a lot of negative words. For example, I call her bossy in a positive way because she's going to get called bossy for sure. She has a headstrong personality. She's going to get called bossy. So I make sure there's no negativity to it. I'm just like, yeah, you're bossy and it's great. So, Francesca, you're definitely a cool mom. Tell us about you pre-Evie. Who were you? What were you doing then? Um, I mean, I worked in finance and then tech. Uh, I also had a makeup YouTube channel and Instagram. And was that your side hustle or side passion? Or the side passion. Um, it was fun to do for sure. Mm-hmm. I think now I personally prefer Eve content. It's more fun. I mean, makeup tutorials after a while, I'm kind of bored of my face. It's like, it's just one face. I'm, I'm bored of editing videos of me i i didn't really enjoy that well videos of eve i i like i like taking videos of my daughter in fact even though i have i, I think i have like 97000 videos of her i still look at my vi- old videos and i just tell my husband we took 
two little videos of her. I wish I have more. When I go to sleep, you know, we we both like we love browsing videos of Eve as a baby, Eve as a toddler. I love how sarcastic she is now. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah, I do that for sure. I go down the kind of rabbit hole of looking at videos and think. And now that Xavier's eleven and Marcel's nine, and I've totally feel that sense of regret that I didn't. I have so many photos but less of the videos that are just not staged or me asking questions, but just observing what they're doing because they're so cute and you lose that, right? As they grow up, you will never see that toddler Xavier, toddler Marcel will never exist again. And that moment's over. So it is quite, it's quite bittersweet as a parent as they grow up and you lose that little. Yeah. I, I try to take a lot of candid videos because I think I know this moment's not going to be forever. And I think one of the opinions I have that often makes a lot of parents upset is I believe that kids are only yours until 13. I think once, I mean, not that you stop being their parent, but once they're 13, um, they see you more of a like a hindrance. Their peers' opinions will definitely be more important than yours. And they start thinking, you don't know what you're talking about, mom. So I just see like, I have to treasure, I only have 13 years. I have to treasure as much of it as I can. And I also believe that kids listen to you the most up to age five. After that, they start questioning you a bit. You can still guide them, but it's much harder. They will start having fantasies about living in a pirate island with all children and no parents, except until until they get hungry, then they come running to you, which is why I, I think six to 13 is the most annoying age. At least 13, they'll start trying to solve their own problems themselves. But at six, they want to be independent until they need food. So Yeah, there was an article that I read that really resonated with me. And it was a journalist in Australia, well, media personality in Australia, Mia Friedman. And she was saying that parenting, being a mom is like the longest breakup of your life because they need you so much at the beginning. And then slowly over time, they're breaking up with you because they're becoming their own person because we're like caretakers in their lives, right? It's not our life. And it's very much resonated with me. And you can see it as your children get older, they become more independent. They still care about your opinion. They still need you, but that diminishes over time which is a good thing, right? We don't want them to be reliant on us at 18, doing all their things, packing their school lunch or their uni lunch. In fact, I'd love to be my daughter's best friend in theory, but if she's 18 and she's hanging out with me every weekend, I think part of me will be really worried. I'm like, do you have any friends? Are you okay? Like, I, I will be really sad, but at the same time, it is bittersweet. I had a crazy moment yesterday where... I was at Coffee Bean and I just saw this, I think he's in high school. Like, I mean, I'm sure the kids, like, if he stands up, he'll tower over me. Definitely, he's definitely an older kid. You know, And he was, he was uh, studying and, you know, he has his own drink and his own food. I'm like, look at this kid. He can feed himself. He can study on his own without his parents. And soon my daughter will be like that. She won't need me. She can buy her own food. And that just made me really sentimental. And I'm just like, okay, I need to stop staring at this kid like a weirdo. But I'm feeling so sad. I was just like, one day my child is going to be independent, buying her own food and studying on her own without me being there. And it's... It's sad. So I'm treasuring this moment. And again, I'm also rushing to teach her as impart as much of my values as I can, because I do think that a child's personality is shaped the most between ages zero to five. Mm -hmm. 
And once you miss that window, it's going to be really, really hard. You can try to influence them, but it's going to be so hard. So Eve's getting older, and as she gets older, do you have a plan for yourself? Like, are you going to go back to tech, or it sounded like the maybe not the makeup side of things that that was a time in your life, and. Is there plans for you and Eve to maybe do something together, or what's the future holding for you? I mean, um, I definitely want to get back to work. I need something to occupy my time, and I think I'm slightly, I'm also slightly worried about not working because I think if you're in a bubble of unemployment, you start developing very crazy ideas because you're not socialized enough. So um, I'm worried about that, especially when I was in uh, when I was in secondary school here. Well, I was seeing the school counselor a lot over a lot of mental health issues, and every girl who was seeing her for mental health issues have stay-at-home moms who are overly involved. So I don't want to be one of those moms. Mm-hmm. I definitely need a life, or if I don't have anything to do, I will just be a helicopter mom, and that's not going to be good. So I want to do something, but I'm hoping I can do something I'm more passionate about. I really, really love working with kids. So maybe I'll look into like how I can. Get qualified to work for as a preschool teacher. It's definitely not going to be for money, but well, you still are working now. You're creating a lot of content and very successful. You shouldn't diminish that as well. I guess so, but I mean, I definitely want to do something for fun. And if Eve wants to do something together, I'm all for it. But I do want her to have an independent voice without me being involved. I will definitely guide her and. I will definitely, for a while, until I can trust her, I will definitely ask her to run her videos through me, because a lot of people say like you know children should have a say over what they post online, and I have seen a lot of teenagers posting their first videos online, and they are doing a lot of things they will regret in the future. For example, I see videos of teenagers bullying each other online. That's not going to be good, or saying things that they think is edgy right now, but. You do not want that. You don't. You do not want your future boss seeing that for sure. That's right. Our digital footprint doesn't get erased. Exactly. Though I mean, I hope I raise her in a way where I do not have to make sure she doesn't say anything controversial. I hope I raise her to the point where she wouldn't need me to make sure she doesn't say anything inappropriate. But you never know. So. Thank you so much for joining us today, Francesca. I'm very much looking forward to following yours and Eve's escapades on TikTok. Such a great chat. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Francesca, for our chat today. I am now joined by our podcast producer, Suf, to chat a little about today's episode. Hey, Suf. Hi. So what have you learned today? Uh, This is a very fascinating episode, Ange. I've been very curious about influencers who share a lot about their lives, especially when it involves their kids on social media. Why do they do it? And I kind of get it after listening into Francesca earlier and why she features Eve a lot on social media. I guess it's like she's very happy with who she's made and she wants to share that happiness with the world. I also think she does make a good point, which is that then they control the narrative in terms of what goes out. And it's obvious that there's a lot of thought in terms of, you know, there's certain things that Francesca won't put out because she doesn't want there to be a video of Eve crying or whatever it may be. So that was, it was really interesting perspective for sure, yeah. Mm. It kind of also made me think about how being a mother to a daughter is a lot more hard work because we always know about 
the injustices in the world when it comes to women and from what Francesca has been talking about like she's all about female empowerment and highlighting all these issues that makes you kind of sit back and reflect particularly when and obviously she's immersed in the TikTok world so she sees this a lot more than I would certainly in terms of how dads are really praised for doing very similar things that a mother would then be denigrated for or shamed over, which is, I mean, it's the reality of the world that we live in, but it's something that obviously we would like to see change, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's the way that Francesca said it, it sounds like she has a lot more to handle when it comes to um, being a mother to a girl, right? But Ange, you have two boys. (laughs) Do you think you have it easier or is it just as equally difficult? I mean, there are some things that are definitely easier for men in the world and boys in the world in terms of equality. So that's a reality. I think as a parent, it's always challenging and I'm not sure that one gender is easier to parent than the other. Or, But the one thing that I remember hearing very early on was that as a parent of boys, it's more important. So little girls know that they can do anything. And the only reason that we start to feel that we can't do everything is because of what men are saying as we get older and we observe in the workplace or from uh, TV or the content that we consume or from the negative responses that we're getting on TikTok or social media from men. So what sat with me is that it's not how we raise girls, it's actually how we raise boys that is so important because if we talk to them about equality, feminism and why these are so important and what they can do, it's going to change them to be the men that we want them to be, the men that are understanding that it is more challenging to be a woman in the world than it is to be a a man in a lot of ways, right, in terms of inequality of pay and opportunity. And it also will lend itself to them taking on more of those roles as a parent that are usually gender stereotype, right? Like the the mother stays at home and the boys, and we want to break all that. We want it to be a partnership. So yeah, so I've really been trying to raise the boys as feminists and I talk about it a lot with them. So that's what's that with me. I don't think it's easier one way or the other in terms of raising certain genders, but I do think it's on me to make sure that the boys are aware of it and hopefully one day say that they're feminists, right? Yeah. It's not about gender equality, it's gender equity. Exactly. Well, that's it for this episode of Growing Pains. Thanks, Uf. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next time.